Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Jam Session. I am not Brooklyn Vale. I am Caleb Coho. I was just on the last episode as a guest. I'm in the hosting chair uh, for this one. Uh, and uh, I have a special guest on for Jam Session today. There's a reason why I'm in the hosting chair. It's because the host is uh, – the tables have turned and the tables and the turns have tabled. Uh, Brooklyn is the guest today uh, for Jam Session. We're going to go through his uh, – his, Opinions on music and his favorites, how Jam Session works. Real quick before I get to my guest is uh, we Brooklyn has come up with a set of questions for every guest uh, to come in and uh, give their answers. We talk about their answers and their music tastes and gives us a window into the soul of the guest. So uh, we'll go over to the guest, the creator of Jam Session himself, Brooklyn Vale. How you doing? Uh, how do you feel about now being in my position? You're in the hot seat now, son. Uh, we're, we're we're really good. I'm really I'm really excited. Uh, music has been something uh, that has been a part of my life pretty well since I, since I, since I can walk. Um, I have fond memories of, of just having like essentially like the way that I describe music is music, music is the greatest drug ever created. Is is that because you can get so many emotions and so many moods from music and how how it essentially toys with your mind, the toys with toys with your toys with with your uh, with your emotions is quite. Um, it's quite exhilarating, and and there's so much to it's so much to discover. Um, so whenever I hear somebody, whenever there's like, oh, you should check out this, check out this band, or I'm always amazed when it's like, we go, I go to a bar and see a band, see a band that I don't really don't really know about, and then I'm like, okay, I need to listen to these to these people exponentially more, be just just because of like like how they're able to sort of uh, pierce into and pierce into my life and and and, and things that I am going through um, at that time. But yeah, music is music is so fun. Absolutely, and we're about to find out how much music is so fun for you as we now move out of the two thousands almost entirely, I would assume, uh, and get into music made before my time. With your first question, uh, who, who's your who's your favorite artist, Brooklyn? So there's a lot of options that I that that, that I could could have went on with with this route. Um, I could have easily went with El Elton John. Um, I had a I had a big Billy Joel phase last year when I was doing research for the Billy Joel playlist and the Billy Joel Iron Man match. Uh, but the one that I went one that I went to is is the one is one of the more intimate artists uh, that, that 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 I listen to quite frequently. Um, and that is a man by the name of Steve Poltz. Now none of you are gonna really know who Steve Steve Poltz is. If you do, if you do, congrats, congratulations. He is a bit of a deeper cut. Um, but uh, to give a brief backstory, Steve. Poltz was born in Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia, which is a neighboring province uh, to myself of Prince Edward Island. Uh, but at the age of five, he actually moved to uh, San Diego. Um, so he has that he has that really eclectic mix of um, just East Coast like folk rock storytelling, but he has those he has those musical tendencies of like California rock and, Cal and California folk, which I think is uh, I think is really interesting. Um, you would best know Steve Poltz for he wrote two he wrote two songs that went on to be pretty big hits of the nineties. Um, he wrote TLC's Waterfalls, um, and he does he actually does a really good acoustic version of it uh, on his album Chinese Vacation. Um, but he also did uh, he also wrote the song for his then girlfriend uh, Jewel. Um, uh, you were meant for me. Uh, it's like the one that you actually hear here in the office. You, it's funny that you reference the office, and that's also a song that's that that, that gets that gets played on there. Um, I have seen this person live uh, four times, and I will see them every time that that they, that they come come to the province. And I've even seen them one one time when they when they were uh, in uh, in Moncton, which is about a, about a two and a half hour drive. Uh, but this guy's so this guy's guy's so cool, and just 
I find that his music, I find that his his musicianship is so efficient. He isn't very flashy. He doesn't really have a whole lot of a whole lot of things. And I find that like even the songs where he has just his guitar is great. But then he also has so many different ways to to, to branch out of this. Like he can go he can go a little bit more like rock and roll. He can go a little more like darker darker country rock. Or he can also go uh, super somber. Um, the songs, like the album, the album in particular, if I, if I had if I had someone to pick uh, for people to listen to, was is Chinese Vacation, and there's so many, there's so many good, so many good songs um, off of that one. Uh, Chinese Vacation in particular, uh, Ten Chances uh, is another really good one. That's just him, him and a guitar, and it's literally from a songwriting aspect. It's him going like. It's going. It's going down from like ten chances, um, or no? It starts from starts from one and goes to ten. And I think that's from that aspect. Um, it is really interesting. Um, and the other one, not for Chinese Vacation, but one I think that everybody should listen to, uh, is Folk Singer. Uh, it's a very a very up, upbeat song, and he's and it's all about uh, on real life stuff that happened to me and sort of the struggles of of being of being a musician. But um, but you do all these things because you are because you are a folk you are a folk singer, um, and it's super catchy. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I listened to him for this, uh, and he is a, a very Brooklyn artist, uh, very much in your style. Uh, and uh, looking at the rest of your answers, I was like, this makes sense. I uh, I don't think he's for me. Um, I haven't decided if he's trying to be like unironic when like if his lyricism is unironic at times like on chinese vacation or on the uh on um um i think it's called chinese vacation where he talks about the chopsticks yeah i can't tell if he's trying to be like a weird out style funny or if it's like unironic lyricism where he thinks that Kung i think Kung he's, chicken I, is a good line yeah i i think he's trying to be quirky which is i think it's a general vibe that he that, that, that he's trying to go for which is, you know, that's fair. It, it works for some people. I, I guess it just doesn't work for me because I, it's not clearly like I can't clearly define whether or not he's like being sincere when he sings about Kung Pao Chicken, or yeah. if he's or if he's like just genuinely like I'm gonna do a Weird Al style song. Uh, because like if he's like a Weird Al sort of satirical artist using folk rock, cool, good for you, more power to you. If you're sincere. Why are you singing about Kung and, Pao Chicken? And, and he and he does have those sincere sincere moments. Um, in yeah. terms of his in terms of one of his more sincere songs, I would go listen to Nickel. Um, it is a very very somber. It's a very sad song. Um, it's like um, uh, it's like it, I think the chorus is like pocket change. Uh, my moods range from one day from one day I'm a quarter, the next day I'm a dime. Today I'm a nickel, but I but today today I'm a nickel. I'll but I feel fine. And I was like. That's kind. Of, that's kind. Of, that's kind of kind of interesting, and I think I think there are some. I, th- I think there are some messages that that, that he has. Um, I feel like a little bit. I feel like the later on in his discography, he gets he gets a touch more political. Um, the album that I have in my car, in in particular, um, he talks a lot about like the like the the, whole, the the gun law gun law in the states and how how politics is, is getting a much more polarizing and much more, much more divisive. And I feel like that as that's that aspect as well. Like just to have that mix of like you can either be quirky or you or you can't have a message. So fair enough. Uh who is your favorite band, Brooklyn? So if you were to ask me in 
I would say in probably about a, probably about a month's time. Like I'm like I would probably say that it is that it is Foo Fighters. Um, just because I, I listen to them a little bit more, but I only listen to one of their albums in, in particular. Um, so in terms of just their general, in terms of their general uh, discography and overall and throughout the course of their of their work, I would have to say my favorite band is the Eagles. Um, right. Eagles is a band that I was, intro- in, that was uh, introduced at a very young age. I, I think it was might have been five. We had the uh, the greatest hits album on, and that's when I discovered the greatest song that was ever made, uh, "Hotel California." Now you could argue which one is, you could argue which one is better. I personally enjoy um, their "Hell Freezes Over" version from 1994. Uh, that was the year that they had come back after a 14-year hiatus, things ended pretty ugly, um, even to a point where, like, John Mulaney references it in one of his, one of his, one of his stand-up bits. Um, but how they... how they're able to uh, talk about, like, just addiction in general um, and how they're able to... how they're able to go from, from point A to point B and not have it be so, like, in like in your face, but very uh, very subtle, and I feel like I feel like just the the blend of lyricism and, and and musicianship. Like one of the great one of the greatest intros in there. One of the greatest um one of the greatest guitars. One of the greatest like dueling dueling guitar solos when you have Joe Walsh and um and Don Don Felder um on guitars. Uh the bass the bass line there is good, and then even like the Eagles and Eagles Eagles in general are known for are pretty well known for their for their harmonies. Um, and I know a lot of the time, uh, Seven Bridges Road, I think, is, is the song that is often given given to them. It's like, oh, this is easy. This, like a lot of people consider that like their greatest song in terms of in terms of harmony. I would disagree. Like the chorus is the chorus is really good, um, and that's really good in terms of a warm song. But I find that verse is very very uh, very lackluster. I think there are better I think there are better songs like Lion Eyes, like Hotel California, um, Level Keep Us Alive is another good one. And then like even like even as you go later into, into their career, um, A Hole in the World is a very very powerful song written, written the day after uh, after nine eleven. Um, and it's just so um, it's so full full sounding, and it really commands a room whenever whenever it's performed live. Um, and even like even. Even you get to long road out of it, long road out of Eden. Um, I think it's their last album, where it's a little more, little more country rock. But you're like, you know what? It's it, it's 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 good. It's not it's not their best work, but they're like Eagles have been consistently solid throughout their throughout their career. Yeah, um, we come from the same place in terms of uh, in terms of growing up with the Eagles. Uh, that's my mom's favorite band. So like, uh, I've listened to the Eagles a lot in my life, um, and I and I have an appreciation for them. Um, Seven Bridges Road, I do like. Uh, I but I do agree with you. Uh, the verses are not strong. The chorus is great harmonically. Uh, I don't know if I agree. Hotel California is the greatest song ever made, but it is up there. Yeah. It is up there. Uh, it is a very good one. I think it's the best song the Eagles have ever made. Um, but I also really love uh, uh, "Take It Easy." Is one that take, I will, take, take, it, love. take it easy is good. Um, in that in that aspect, I really like um, I really like peaceful, easy feeling. That's very fair. My yeah. I've listened to Desperado the most of any other song that they've ever made. Des- Desperado was almost the song that my mom and I danced to at 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 our, at our wedding that because it was it was weird because like him and or sorry mom and dad showed showed Eagles to me at a young age, but Desperado was actually a song that I showed to them. Because I had discovered that song through Celtic Thunder, and I and then I was like, "Oh, this is a really, really cool song." And then I realized, "Oh, this is actually an Eagles song." And I showed it to them, and they're like, "And Mom is like, like, like anytime, anytime we were playing the Eagles, she's like, you throw on Des- you throw on Desperado.'" And I was like, "It's such a, it's such a cool, 
such a such a cool song and like i always love the line the queen of hearts um is always always your best bet and it's like it's kind of kind of weird how they throw in that sort of reference into sort of like a like a like a love song essentially so absolutely uh, and that's my mom's favorite song so uh that's that's another one where it's like that's that's the one i've listened to the most uh but yeah no i can't argue with the eagles being your favorite band uh it makes sense um who is your favorite genre artist i'm excited to talk about this one okay so i could have went to i would could have went to like Two different routes with this. I could have ventured into the the little country that I that I that I do enjoy. Um, country gets fucking blared here, like it's the like it's the like it's the be all be all end all. Um, in this in this neck of the woods. Um, but I find that I find that, I find with music in particular, I have I have phases of stuff that I listen to. So like for instance, I'm I'm in the middle of a Foo Fighters phase and then and I'm on a tail end of the Papa Moose phase. But I can guarantee you throughout throughout some point in the year, I will go through my nineties hip hop phase. And in my nineties hip hop phase, I have to have Dr. Dre um in that in that in that conversation. Um I know that in this community in particular, people people enjoy him more as a producer aspect. And you're told, and you're totally right. He is, he is, he is a better producer than than a rapper. But I think that doesn't take away from the general rapping, general rapping presence that he has. Um, I know that he isn't a mass. You're not a massive fan of him because he doesn't really write a lot of his a lot of his lyrics, which is which is under un, which is understandable. But I just like I love his flow and I love his command. Yes, Molly, I do love Doctor Dre as well. Is is isn't he so good? Um, but like 2001 is a great album. Um, Compton in terms of like. In terms of just what he was able to accomplish, not so much as as himself, but having all these different pieces um, fit together and flow and sort of make sense. And I think he's one of the greatest minds, and he needs to be talked about a little bit more. Um. Okay. So, Dr. Dre being your choice for genre artist in hip hop, like for '90s hip hop, makes sense. You want to highlight someone that's not Tupac or Biggie or Ice Cube or any of them, uh, which is fair. Uh, I like Dre in the NWA. I think that's best Dre. Yeah. Uh, producer Dre is peak Dre, but I think Dre in the NWA is better than Dre on his own. I don't like the Chronic as much as someone else, but I can't deny how great that album is for hip hop. Um, but I, I am not on the Compton train like you are. Uh, I, I just, I'm not. Oh, talking to my diary though is such a such a good song. It's a good song, but I, but I think again, Dre, Dre likes bringing other people together and is acting as a producer, but he's just putting his name on the album. And and doing a little bit of collaboration as a rapper, but not too much. It's more it's it's more like Dre making a showcase of other people's talent while making beats for them to use. And I have no problem with that. It's just I think that's what Dre does best is bringing talent together and making them sound as good as they can. Because I think he's a I think he is the best producer of all time. I think it's Dre number one, and then maybe Illmind second. Uh, Illmind is closing in on him, and I, John Bellion's really high up there for me too. But that's also personal. Uh, but like I think. I think Dre is a good artist. I just think I think he's a phenomenal producer uh, yeah. and a better producer than an artist. But I can't deny, <coughs> sorry, I can't deny his work with Eminem uh, on 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 the feature. I just totally blanked the song out of my brain. Uh, uh, guilty conscience, guilty okay. conscience. Uh, I think the way that they work and play off each other, guilty conscience is great. Uh, he has the best feature maybe of all time on uh, on California Love with Tupac. That feature is the the fact that Dre's feature outshines Tupac, but Tupac is still great, is kind of impressive to me. I, so for but me, that so, also is a testament to the lyricism of whoever wrote that. So in that, so in that aspect, I would personally go with no no diggity in terms of him in terms of him featuring. I would also 
in terms of in terms of best feature ever, I would actually go with a with, with a with a Dr. Dre song. Uh, forgot about Dre. I think I think I think Eminem's feature feature in that is also is also in, uh, incredible. Um, I, I would also I would, I, would, I would pick I need a doctor. But yeah, that, that's also more producing for him. I'm also a big fan of what's of uh, what's what's the difference. I feel like that is where Dre's flow and style really really shines, and he really takes the beat and maximizes how much how much he how much he can get out of it. Um, you you mentioned you mentioned the NW, NWA ex- express yourself is is another is another great another great example of how he's able to able to take a beat and really max maximize the uh, the potential out of it. And like I said, from from Compton talk, talking to my diary is a, is a great one. And there's another one. It's like I think it's a second track from from that album. I forget the name of it in particular, but it's it's very it's more emotional in, in terms of style. And I think I think that was where I was like, okay, you have you have some emotion that and, and it's not just. It's not just monotone, which I think people have sort of complained about him before. That's uh, very fair. Uh, but again, I understand why you go with Dre. Uh, I, I we just have different opinions. I think we've have were we the people who had the debate of California Love versus No Diggity, or was that me and Barr? I think that was you and Barr. Okay, because uh, I won that debate. Just to, just to be clear. Uh, all right. Uh, your next question for you is, is: Is what is your favorite album? So if you were to take off White Limo from from Foo Fighters Wasting Light, then I would say that is that is the greatest that is one of the greatest album, albums ever. Uh, it is one that I am currently list, currently on re-listen to right now. But if we are talking about perfect albums, uh, we have to talk about uh, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. Um, that is an album that you can listen to from start from start to from start to finish, and there's not there's not a bad song in the bunch. You go you start off with Secondhand News, which is one that I wasn't really introduced to until later in later in my life. Because um, Fleetwood Mac is actually uh, they're a they're a big influence on my uncles and my aunts. Excuse me, um, on my dad's side of the, dad's side of the family, and I think it's the same reason that they love the Eagles because there's uh, there's a lot of harmony. Um, that you can get get out of Fleetwood Mac, um, and it's it's best best extruded um, through this through this album. Um, even like even the hits, because like um, I find hits can often get overplayed. Like go your own go your own way is one that that is isn't necessarily overplayed, um, but is but is also a great a great raw song. Uh, Dreams is one of the is one of the best is one of the best songs ever. Um, and just in terms of like how subtle it is and how and how intimate it can be, but then you also go into um, the chain, which I think is one of the best hype ups, one of the best hype song hype songs ever, um, and it's actually used really well in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Four uh, <laughs> questions that I might have lost. Yes, I know Guardians of the Galaxy Two is like I like it a little more than others, Molly, but you know you just gotta let us gotta let us have have our time to shine. Um, but then also Goldust Woman, I think is is I think you mentioned on the last episode how. Um, uh, the 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 last song from um what's name John Bellion's album is the greatest closer. I think Goldust. I think Goldust Woman is one of the greatest closers of a song. Because and I think it's I think that's more from a musician aspect because that song is so fucking fun to play. Um. Okay. So Rumors is a basic sort of pick, and I can't fault you for it because Rumors is a good album. I think it's a little overrated. It's more. Than, oh. I think it's a little overrated. I think people hold it a little high in regard. But like, it's not a bad album by any means. I I would say it could. I would put it in the top 100 albums of all time that are, have ever been made. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's number one. Uh, but it's a good album. Uh, I definitely disagree with you on the closer because I don't think it's. I think in terms of closing, I think it's a good song. That's a good song. It's just it's not in terms of closing an album and giving it a sense of finality. I wouldn't. 
I, I wouldn't distinguish it any different from like the last song on a Michael Jackson album. Like they're all every closer to every album is just feels like a closing song to me, unless it has a sort of finality that brings the tone of the album together in such a perfect way. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say rumors is the best closing song of all time, because I, I would, I would say that there's ones that actually like wrap up like famous last words on black Parade, like wraps up their story that they're telling and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I can't fault you for it. Uh, rumors is good. I just, I'm just not as high on it as everyone else. Uh, I, I think it's a, a little bit overrated of an album, but it's still a great album. Yeah, I think yeah, and and I think it's it's funny because we're talking we're talking about all, all these great songs, but there's one song in particular that I want to talk about, but we're saving we're saving saving it for another question, and I think that song as well talks about. I think that really that I think the song we're talking about later um, is gonna is really gonna show how much range of Fleetwood Mac has, but still keeping that folk rock core, which I mean, yeah. I think it's pretty evident to say that I am that I'm I am I am a fan of I am a folk rock sluss. I guess is as you would call us. Uh, that, that would, that, that's very evident from the first four questions. Uh, last thing I'll say about rumors is the the song "I Don't Want Another Reasons Why." The keys. I don't want to know the reasons. I like that song a lot. That's my yeah. favorite song off the album. Um, but yeah, yeah, mine would my yeah, mine would probably be probably probably be the chain or yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd say probably the chain, which is fair. Uh, all right, question five for you is uh, who is your favorite artist or band from childhood? So this one is a this one is really interesting in terms of coming up with an answer because there's a lot of, there's a lot of aspects that I could have could have um, could have explored. Um, I could have went with with the country road again. I could have I could have picked Garth Brooks because Garth Brooks was one that I listened to a lot a lot as a child. Um, I could have went a more I could have went a super Canadian route uh, with 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 Great Big C. And I feel like and I feel like if you asked me this um, in, within a certain time frame, I would have picked Great Big C. But I can't I can't not talk about bare naked ladies. Bernican Ladies um, is one of the greater one of the greater duos <coughs> in terms of front, in terms of fronting vocalists. You have Stephen Page um, and, and and Ed Robertson. Um, Stephen Page would then would then end up leaving um, uh, in the mid in the mid two thousands uh, due to a couple of things, uh, but I think it was just I think it was just creative differences overall. And, and then they would go on to do uh, to do some interesting stuff, not as good as the earlier stuff, but I think stuff that's that's um that is effective in terms of how they're trying to change their style. I think Silverball was a really was a really good album in terms of how we can change. Yes, I know Silverball was such, such a good album, wasn't it? It's kind of space rocky, you know, kind of like I wouldn't say it's like psychedelic, but it's like it's it's kind of like an homage to the 80s without being 80s. Um but to get back to the childhood aspect of it like if I had a million dollars uh the first things that I learned on guitar um we need a vamp for a second. Can vamp for a second. Yep. Okay. Uh, we can even just pause because I'll edit it. I'll just edit it. Um, yeah. Oh, I love editing videos. Oh my god. Um, yeah. I'll literally just edit the audio file. You know what I'll do? I should download Adobe Audition real quick. I don't know the reasons why I love you. I don't walk it on the line. I 
She should be fine. She should be fine now. Sue, uh, Sue gets home pretty soon, so I'm just gonna leave her. Okay. Um, just I'm gonna text her right now. Okay, I'm gonna edit this piece out anyway. Because what I'm gonna do is, I just realized I should download Adobe Audition off of Cody's cloud. Because then all I have to do is convert this to audio file, and then I can just snip, snip, move, and export and release it that way. It's so much easier with Adobe Audition. Okay. Um... Yeah, that was the one. That was the one problem I knew. I knew it was gonna have with, with, with recording today. Um, was like because normally whenever I record, um, Sue's home, so I just get so she usually just stays with Molly. It's a it's a lot more um, it's a lot more easier to record. So there's as many interruptions. Cool. So where do you want to go from then? Uh, we'll just pick up from. Uh, okay, so we'll get back on track of just like uh, bare, bare naked ladies. Just yeah, because so, yeah. I think I think I was in the middle of talking about I was in the middle of talking about um, if I had a million dollars and yeah, that okay. was one of the yeah. We'll go from there. Okay. Um. So yeah. Um. If I had a million dollars was was one of the first songs that I that I learned the guitar. It's very it's very simple, but it's very fun. Um. It has it has that back and forth element that Bernica Ladies um is really known for. Um. They would do it, I think, honestly, better um in Call and Answer, and that they would also do it um a little bit in in Be My in Be My Yoko Ono. There's a bit of a back and forth, but not uh but not as much. But I think I think it I think it also in terms of like the Stephen Page aspect aspect of songs, like his, his songs, are so are so powerful and emotional. Like Brian Wilson is a song that I almost picked for um, uh, favorite favorite song to perform. Um, but you could also throw in like Alternative Girlfriend, where it's like it's not like in your face lyricism, but it's just subtle. It's but it's like it's so subtle, but it's like ah, it's so yeah. I will die on the hill that Breaking Ladies is one of the greatest bands of the nineties. Yeah, so my thoughts on uh, on Red Naked Ladies. I think I think that they're like the I would have almost said Canadian Nickelback, but Nickelback is also Canadian. The folk rock, I guess, edition of of, of Nickelback. They're not totally folk rock. Uh, they're kind of folk pop a little bit. Uh, they got a folky vibe, uh, but they uh, they get the same kind of hate as Nickelback, and I don't think it's totally warranted. They're I think, fine. Well, well, I think it's honestly because of because because I think like Americans in, in particular, they only know them for two things: one week. Which I which I would think is like they're one of their worst in terms of in terms of singles, but then also they, they did a th- they did the uh, theme song to the uh, to the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, no, and I I think um, I think just in general they get a lot of flack like Nickelback does, and I don't think it's totally warranted. Uh, they kind of are just a meme, and I think the meme may, might partially come from the name of the group, but I think they are. I think they are totally okay. Uh, they're not a band that I would listen to personally, but I don't see anything wrong with them, so I can't fault you for them. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's a song that makes you happy? Uh, 
so this, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but there, once again, there are so many avenues that, that I that I could go for. I almost put um like angry white boy polka uh, by by Weird Al in terms of like because because like during if you ever have that on in a road trip or anytime I'm driving and I have that song on, you can literally see me bounce. You can see me bouncing in just of like in terms of the beat and like just how silly like silly catchy it is, but. I went with a song that is much more traditional in terms of like a, an East Coast vibe, um, and this is a ba- this is uh, the Mo River Shuffle uh, by the by the Reichen Band. Um, this is a band from Cape Breton, um, which is an island off off of Nova Scotia. So once again, it's that very very East Coast heavy vibe, um, and it starts off with I think Jimmy Reichen is the uh, is the is the older is the like the father of the bunch, um, but he's telling a story about. Um, so it's on McMaster's and like talking about moonshine and get it, getting all fired up and it's it's and it's like this warm up for like for a great kitchen party and he goes on he's like ah oh, the Mall River Shuffle and then you hear the piano and it has that sort of that that jig or that or that that re, that real vibe and it's like the perfect song to have on at like a at like a kitchen party or like a or like a smaller party for 20 because everybody's fucking dancing and they're just hollering and having so much having so much fun and it has that has those anthemy aspects of like in the like in the chorus like or at the end of the song I guess rather like I'll go I'll I'll something something I'll go home full of the full of the something and full full of the rum uh but it's just like it it has it, ha- it has you grinning and it gives you so much energy and I think that's why I ultimately ended up picking it uh yeah no I I listen to this because you sent it to me and it 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 definitely is a Brooklyn song and it's definitely fun I can see why it makes you happy uh it's a very jovial song like you listen to it and you just you kind of feel like okay this is going to be a bit of a deep cut reference, but you like uh, it, whenever you see like old timey, like the example I'll use is Ichabod and Mr. Crane and Mr. Toad, uh, the scene where they're doing like the old style, like then and then and then and then like dancing, or they like put the hands together and like dance around the room, or like even in a yeah. Christmas Carol, uh, stuff like that, where they're dancing around. It, this is the kind of music you would hear them dance to, and and you can't be mad when you listen or upset when you listen to the song. So this is a great pick for uh, uh, a song that makes you happy and you can and you can tell that you can tell like they're having fun as well because you go into um you can go with from like the it's a like, musical interlude between the chorus and the verses and you hear the uh hear the fiddle solos but then you also hear that you also hear the girls sort of like yelling it's like yeah you and you, you can, you, can it's, you can almost like hear them dancing um while they're uh while, while they're recording and i think that sort of just heightens Heightens the overall uh, joy that that you get from the song in particular. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know what more we can say. It's like kind of it's kind of a perfect happy song. Uh, what's the song that makes you sad? So this was the song that I was that I was referring to uh, when we we're talking about the favorite the favorite album, um, and that is Songbird. Uh, this would be one of the middling tracks from from Rumors. Um, if you had asked me this question when I was a child, I would have said Christmas Shoes. Um, just in terms of in terms of storytelling, like that, like that song is really is really good in terms of like, oh, I'm giving the last thing I can to my mother before she dies. But Songbird has a much more personal impact for me. Um, so this would have been grade twelve, um, would have been like May May ish of grade twelve. Uh, my grandmother had not been doing well for 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 about for the last six months. She had she had been battling battling cancer for I'd say probably like the last like six 
six, seven years of her life. Um, and then the the December, the December of 2010, uh, it was like, all right, we'll care. It's, like it's it's back, it's back, it's 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 back in her breasts, but it's also it's also in her in her lungs, and I think it was also in um in her in her blood as well. And I think it eventually got to her. I think it eventually got to her brain. Um, but it was around the time that, that she had passed away um, that Glee had done uh, had done a Fleetwood Mac rumors episode, and they had highlighted they had highlighted some of those songs. And one of the songs that they that they highlighted was Songbird. And fucking Jesus, song Songbird is a sad ass song. It talks about like it's it's more of a relationship song, but I think it's but I think it can also be interpreted as a song as more of like a a, cel- a celebration of life. And it's just like. I think the relationship that I had with my with my grandmother and like how she influenced me to the career that I would pursue, the personality the personality traits that I have, the sort of impatient aspects of it, and like I have to thank her for it. And like that song sort of thanks thanks the other person. It's like and the songbird keeps singing like they never sung sung before. And I love you and I love you I love you like like never like never before. And I think it's just like. Like I talk about, I talked about how Steve Polk is very intimate. Like this song is the most is the most intimate song, and it's very, it's it's very straightforward. There's nothing subtle 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 about it, and I think that's when it's like like there was a time for this. There's a time period in my life I couldn't listen to the song just because of how it drew me back to to that time of like of losing of the first time I'd ever lost a loved one, um, in that way. So yeah. Um... I I totally understand uh, how, why the song hits for you that way. That's a really personal story. Um, I I don't have that same sort of connection to the song, obviously. Uh, but it is it is a sad song. Uh, it's it's not it's not one that I go to listen to to like the man to just get hyped while I drive down the street or whatever. But like it's it's a good song. Uh, I really like it. It's it's not my favorite rumors, uh, but I I can understand why that one hits more. More home with you, um, yeah. yeah. And, I, I, and I think this song in particular, like going back, going back to the to the al- to the album as well. This is one of the more polar, polarizing um, songs in terms of their range because you think about like that that rest the rest of that album in, in particular, where there's a lot of moving pieces. And I talk, and I know I know myself. I talk about I'm talking about the gears and the machine and how and how they how they have to work together. With Songbird, it's literally just Stevie Nicks and a piano. And that's all. That's all. That's all you need. And that that musical choice is is so effective, because you you could throw harmonies in here. You could throw into moves and Oz, where that Fu and Mac was. I wouldn't say like known for most, but in terms of hiding a song, that's that's the avenue that they would often go to. Uh, but yeah, I I, th- I think I think this is, this is a must listen. And I know that it's a little more personal, just given given the time of my life coming into it. And I think that's why. Going back to the initial conversation that I had that I had be- had beforehand, where like music is one of the greatest drugs, and I feel like this was sort of the, the right place at the right time when I got introduced to Fleetwood Mac in general. Uh, no, absolutely, uh, I can totally understand that. Uh, next question for you is: What's your favorite song to perform slash sing? So I love so performing is probably is probably the probably the greatest the greatest drug in terms of in terms of music aspects i get such a high coming coming off of a stage and playing and i think it's just it's just like knowing when you had a had a good song um 
this song in particular, if we're talking about like a song that I would sing just by myself, um, then I would probably go with either either Brian Wilson by the Brandon Ladies, or I would go with uh, the song that that Sue and I consider like our song, which would be Ho Hey by the by the Lumineers. I think that song is super fun to perform. But if we're talking about what else we want to do, what to a song and, and, and to get an audience going, then I have to go with uh, The Weight uh, by the band. Uh, the band is a Canadian-American mix-up. Um, they, they have a bunch of different songs, but this is easily the hit, hit that they're known for. Um, it's a longer song. It has. It's a more of a... It's a perfect song to have on in a road trip, um, but um, you can easily have this... I think this is ideally meant for like three or four people to sing, but it's usually whenever I play this, it's me um, and my cousin that that will do it, and we will just trade. So like he'll do, he'll usually do verses one, three. I'll verse, I'll do verses two and four, and then we come together on verse five. But it's it's for me, it's like you can put so much emotion and so much like you can you can really. Um, heighten your performance in the song without coming off as like coming off the show offy um just of the way that the way that it that 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 the that the, that the original song go, goes about and how and how great the singers of, of, of the band are in particular no absolutely um i actually heard this one before uh you uh you sent this one over and yeah. knowing what you have given us answers previously i'm not surprised this totally sounds like one that you would crush and have fun with. Uh, so this is this is definitely one that I can I can understand why you like performing it. Uh, yeah, it's it's got that it's got that like, hey everyone, like stomp your foot, clap your hands, let's get into this sort of vibe, uh, and I can see why. And it, and it, and it, and it takes and it takes it right out of the gate, like from the from from the from the intro, and then you can go into the you can go into the chorus, and you can. And then, like you can have those, you have those breaks in between. Like there are often times where we will take, like when we're performing the song, we'll take a break in between verse three and four, and I'll be like Morgan, like go, like, go, so, go solo for a verse. And then, and then it's it's such it's open to interpretation. And I love those songs where you where you don't have to play them like you don't have to play them beat beat for beat, where you can sort of add in add in ones. Um, uh, Miss You by Rolling Stones would be another great example of, of that of that aspect. I actually got to hear that. I got to hear that one um, done. It was by by a cover band, but they turned that song, which I think is originally like three and a half, four minutes, and they turned that into a twenty minute song because it would be like they would do the verse and chorus or whatever, and then get to, get to solo time and it'd be like, all right, cool, saxophone, you're getting a solo, bass, you're getting a solo, guitar, you're getting you're getting a solo, piano, you're getting a solo. Drums are getting a solo. Sax, you're going back to a solo, and then we all come together. And I think I think that's why I love the weight so much is because you can you, you can you can add your own flair to it without taking away from the integrity of the actual song. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of brings a it brings a little bit of something for everyone. Uh, that song does. It kind of gives everyone a chance to shine. Um, all right. So, what is your favorite instrument? So we alluded to this in the last episode a little bit. Um, and how I've 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 had I've had instruments around me pretty well the entire time. Like dad, dad has played guitar since pretty well since I was born, and and I think he was he was sort of the main influence of why I want to pick up instruments. Um, so I had a piano. So I started playing piano in grade three. Um, and then I picked up uh, picked up a baritone uh, in grade six, and I would keep that throughout keep that throughout high school. Um, and if you guys didn't hear the last episode, so baritone is essentially like um, a smaller version of a tuba, played the exact same way, but it's essentially just it's essentially just an octave it's an octave higher. 
Um, but I have to go with 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 the bass guitar. Um, very similar to to the cello that you picked last time. Um, it's actually strung a little bit differently. It's actually it, the bass guitar is essentially the first four strings um, on the guitar, so it'd be E A T G. Um, and I love I love bass in general um, for the reasons of and like like I mentioned last time. You can either be you can either be like sort of that bus like that bus driver where you're where you're carrying carrying the beat. You're laying down you're laying down that line. Or you can throw in some counter melodies. Um, you look at people like like Getty Lee can throw in some some really really interesting stuff. Flea is really known for like for throwing in throwing in some more counter counter melodic stuff. Um, and I just love how the how bass is so versatile. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, bass is something I notice a lot in songs. Obviously, because in rap, it's a very big part, but it's also yeah. uh, it's also uh, has some of the most prominent melodies that you can hum are made by a bass. Uh, Under Pressure is a bass. Uh, Another One Bites the Dust is a bass. Like Queen was yeah. very, like they, uh, Roger Taylor, I believe was the, was the bassist or was it John Deacon? Uh, uh, John, John Deacon was the, was the bassist. Roger Taylor right. Was the drummer. drummer. Uh, John Deacon uh, is, is proficiently one of the most popular bassists of all time, probably because of the stuff he makes. Uh, so like bass for me is, is, is something I notice and I appreciate and I love the sound that the bass makes and whenever, and I love hearing interesting different bass lines, uh, tying it back into the last episode in, uh, guillotine from, uh, the human condition has the funkiest, most unique bass line I've ever heard in my life with the bum, 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 bum. Uh, and it's like really interesting and really fun. And I, I think bass is, is probably the most fun instrument in a, in a song. I, I think I think it's what is I think it's what as well that you can take either you could take two avent two avenues of it, um, where you can go a little little bit more heavier and like actually the one that sort of pops into my head was uh, was Busted Move by by Young MC, very fast paced, very uh, very staccato. And it's actually one that that is uh, that is done by Flea. Um, but one of my favorite bass lines actually is a song that I just got into the, with the last six months. Um, is some is uh, something about us. Um, on uh it's a it's a daft punk song but it was covered really well by problem moves and it's literally just him doing octaves like do 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 boom 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 do uh, I I love that you uh, that you have to bring Pomplamoose back <laughs> every time. I, I, I love I love Pomplamoose. I don't have a chance to talk about Pomplamoose on, <laughs> on, on on this list, but God damn it, they do some they do some really good covers. Their originals are originals are good as well. But I but yeah, to get back to the, to the original point, bass guitar is, is so interesting because you can you can go either which way with it and it and generally for the most part it, it makes sense country is the one where i get really kind of annoyed by it especially that like older country like i love listening to the hoedown but the bass is the most annoying part it's like so what are we gonna do we're gonna play the first we're gonna play the fifth and then we're gonna keep do, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing that for the for the entirety of the song and i'm just like there's so much more you can do like you can do some you can do some walk downs you can throw in you can throw in a little little, little bit a little bit of a flair i think i think i think in that aspect that is the one part of bass and i'm a little bit annoyed by yeah bass is the most dynamic instrument i think uh and you can do a lot of different things where it could be subtle or it could be very prominent and be the the heart of the song uh so 
and we haven't we and we haven't even talked about like jazz like jazz bassists. Like, oh, jazz bassists. Like, like, like you think you think about how much they 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 move around in, in, in a song. I we had a, we had a jazz band in high school for for a couple of years, and I got to throw and there's a couple of couple of bass lines that 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 I did, and I was like, this is probably the hardest in terms of in terms of coming up with it because. For 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 the most part, when you're coming up with a baseline for like for essentially any other genre, you can figure out the chord structure pretty well unless you're trying to go for something a little bit different. Jazz is the one where you have to think the most and you have to think about like, all right, here's like here are the things, here are the places that we have that we have to get to, but how do we fit everything together? As like it's the one that I always give the most give the most most respect to. Because that's a whole other level of like music theory in terms of like knowing where you are in terms of a song. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, what artist is your guilty pleasure? So originally, when I came up when I came up with answers for this, my answer was was Weird Al Yankovic purely for purely in terms of the aspect of um, how much shit I get at home, I guess, or in my in the general in the general my general family, I guess, or friends for because I love him because I love him so much. Like anytime we throw on 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 a polka on a polka song, um, I'll just sort of be like like I'll sort of be bopping around and they're like, "Why the fuck are you listening to Weird Al?" Because I'm like, "It's so goddamn good. It's not the greatest music, but it's so good." But Justin Bieber is one that gets it's somewhat a nickelback he gets so much shit and for the most part reasonably so but when he's but when he wants to be good he's a fucking banger um my like his two of his songs in the middle of his career um sorry and uh and what do you mean i think i think are some of the greatest pop songs uh, of the decade sorry in particular in terms of uh in terms of the producer aspect and how they how they really fill out that song with the with like the like the falsetto backup vocals and then and then the bass and then you throw in throw in a synth and then it's like Justin fits right in the middle with the with sort of those those middle those middling um almost like I wouldn't say like they're like a like a like a low alto high tenor high tenor vocals and it's just like oh why do you have to have so much shit surrounded by this 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 good stuff you have in the middle? It's so weird. Like Justin Bieber is so weird because he starts out traditional boy band. Teeny Bopper that I despise. I do not like. Baby, oh, oh, Baby is one of the was like one of the one of the worst, worst songs. Yeah, but and then late like, 2015 comes around. He puts out this album called Purpose, and it's getting all these nominations, like Album of the Year. And I'm like, oh, I don't understand. It's Justin Bieber. How? And then I heard, what do you mean? And sorry on the radio. I'm like, these are Justin Bieber. This is ridiculous. This is different than anything I've heard yet so far. And then Love Yourself comes out, and I really like Love Yourself. Love Yourself is a song that I would use to define what summer feels like in the vibe of like the guitars. The... I, I think that I think that he might have might have won up that with Ed Sheeran with I with I, I don't care. Which I like that sort of fast paced vibe. What's funny about that is both of them were he wrote with Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran was involved in both songs, so like yeah. there, I think his two best songs involve Ed Sheeran, which is a reason. Like I, I didn't get to bring him up on my episode. One of my favorite artists ever, my favorite artist of this decade for sure. Uh, but he's uh, Justin Bieber. His Purpose album is is phenomenal, uh, and he put out a new song recently called Yummy that I I think is a little bit more. He, I think Purpose helped set the trend for pop going into the second half of the decade, and then. Now he's riding what the trend has become rather than try and push it again. Cause like, I think Justin has the ability to set a trend, but I think he's just choosing to follow where the trend's going with that new yummy song, which is like, I hate 
I don't hate it, but I don't kind of kind of like Taylor Swift. Uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift um, was doing really well in terms of transitions, and then she put out "Look What You Made sure. Me Do," and I was just like, "Oh, okay, that's fair." Yeah. We can have a whole Taylor Swift episode because I think Rep, I think Reputation's the worst thing she's ever made as an album because it's the most confused album she's ever made. Yeah, uh, it's so weird because you look at the album before that, which is nineteen eighty nine. 1989, sorry, um, and then uh, Love Story, I think, is the name of the new of the new album. Uh, or, no, Lover. Lover, Lover is good. Lover's like, Lover is really good, and it's like it's sh- it's so weird. It's like it's like Taylor makes 1989 goes full pop and like makes a perfect pop album. It's like in defines I think and helps kind of define the decade in pop. And then she like gives into the haters and the critics that give her so much flack and makes an album where the first half is just addressing that criticism. And I would have respected if the album was all that, if the album was all the first half, I don't love it. It would still be my least favorite Taylor Swift album, but at least I would have respect for it. And then the second half veers back into being like the B sides and cut songs from 1989. And I was like, I don't understand what you're trying to do. And now lover at least has its own distinct style and tone and goes back to what we loved about Taylor Swift. And it's like her, Finding Our Happiness Again, which I think is why Lover is such an important album in her career, but we're not talking about Taylor Swift right now. We could do a whole episode on that another time. We, for, the, for this moment in time, we are be- we are believers. Yeah. For this moment in time, we are believers, not Swifties. Uh, but uh, also, I, I will say real quick, I love the I Don't Care song off of... Yeah, uh, yeah, off of really good. So, uh, good. Uh, so good. So yeah. good. Uh, number six collaborations project is my least favorite Ed Sheeran album, period. Oh. But... Uh, but I th- and I think that's because Ed works a lot better when he's alone. But like him working with other people, it's fun to see him collaborate. But the people that he collaborates with doesn't. We'll get into that later. Uh, oh, I, would, I would I would argue. Remember the name is would be like probably my favorite favorite of of, of that bunch. Fair. I I really like South of the Border. That's getting a lot of radio play now. But I really like South of the Border. Um. All right. So, what artist or band do you think is overrated? I think so. For this one, for this one, the answer is pretty pretty obvious. I think for me is Bruce Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. I think this answer is becoming a little more popular, though, maybe in this community in this community as well, and it's starting to trickle in for this generation as well. But like, he gets overplayed on the radio so fucking much. Like, it, it's like it's the rock radio you hear about the time. The like seventies and eight. Like we have. We have what we have. A, we have a station here called called Ocean One Hundred, and one of the used to be one of the big things used to be was, oh, we play everything. And it's like, no, you don't. You play you play sixties to eighties. You throw a couple of nineties in, but that's it. But but that's about it. And I just it's like, all right, well now we're gonna hear Born in the USA. Nope, we're gonna we're we're we're, we're gonna change the station. Um, Born to, Born to Run even is like. I, just, I don't un- I don't understand why those who love him fucking fucking adore him. I know people have talked about like oh Nebraska is a is a really really good al- album of his, but it's just like I think I talked about it in a, in a debate once where you have um, like Born in the USA where it's like it's such a great it's such a great um, but it's such a great song in the verses lyrically and it's like why can't you take that and apply it to the rest of the fucking song. Like you could, like you could have had, like you could have had a really meaningful chorus. The music, like the music, the musical choices that he makes, for the most part, are fucking boring, and they're not really like. It's just kind of like, kind of like afterthoughts, pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've never been a big Bruce Springsteen fan, but I've never had that much of an experience with him. 
so like I can't say I'm I think he's overrated or underrated or properly rated. I haven't heard enough of him to make an opinion about Bruce Springsteen. Um, I know you really don't like him, and I know Caleb Boatman likes him, and I know they made a movie using his music called Blinded by the Light that people either really like or really don't like based is, on the music. Which is, which is weird because they, they picked the they, they picked a song of his, which is done much better by Man for Man's Earth Band. And this is the more well-known version of of that song. This was like, it's I, I didn't like sort of go to go off on a tangent about that movie. It's like, why are you picking a song that is more well known by a by a by a by a different band? Like, why don't you pick Born to Run or Thunder or like um, Thunder Thunder Road? I think is, is another name of a song. Or even I'm on Fire. I'm on Fire would have been would have been a great would have been a great uh, great title to that movie. Yeah, uh, or even just Born in the USA. Marketable enough. Uh, but yeah, no. Um... Yeah, I can't really say too much to Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I, I, uh, I, born in the USA, I don't think would have worked for that for that movie in particular because I think that was okay. set. I think that was set in the uh, cause UK. I know, yeah, because I know even for like I think it was like for Captain America. I think in the UK, I think that movie is literally just called the the, the first Avenger. Interesting. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, what's your favorite concert that you've ever been to? So I mentioned I mentioned earlier uh, Steve Foltz. I have seen him. I saw. Uh, let's see here. I saw him at Trailside. I saw him at. Um, I saw him at St. Peter's. I saw him in Moncton, and I saw him again at. Oh, I saw him at Trailside twice. I saw him. So I saw him four times. But the, I've also seen a band uh, four times, and that is a band by the name of July Talk. Uh, they are a Canadian uh, blues alt rock band would be the best way best way to describe them, and they are the best live experience I've ever had in terms of a, in terms of a concert. Um, I know for for the answers that I submitted to you, I put I put whatever they played um, at the Fredericton Farmers Market, but I would honestly change my answer to whenever they played uh, they played here on the island um, at the Charlottetown Brewing Company, um, which would hold about maybe two hundred people, and I feel like. Of the times that I've seen him, I've seen them. Um, that is where uh, that is where they thrive the most. Not like a super like small bar setting, but I've also but like I don't think they're they're quite there yet in terms of like playing like a like like a thousand seater pretty well. I did see them, I did see them whenever they co they co headlined um, with Metric, which is a, a, a more of like a psychedelic sort of synth pop synth pop all. Band, so I'm mad throwing in so many genres. I sound like a sound like what's his name from the from the old days. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, July Talk is to get back to them. They're fronted by they're fronted by a man, man and a woman. Uh, the man has a very gritty sort of rough, rough voice, and then she's very light. But when when you see them when you see them live, their her performance in particular is dialed, dialed up dialed up to eleven, and they give everything every show that 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 they have. But they can also have those more intimate, intimate moments, like like whenever they played at the, whenever they played at the, um, at the uh, at the show, at the PI Brewing Company. Uh, they have a song called "I Rationed Well," and it's very, very minimalistic in that aspect. It's liter- it's for the most part, it's just um, it's just an electric guitar, and then they throw in, they do throw in a, a, some a, some small drums and a little bit more, uh, like very, very. Uh, very soft electric guitar, but whenever they introduce the song, they're like, "All right, cool. Everybody, sit down. 
So then everybody sat down. And then, like, those of you in the middle, can you just make a little bit of a circle? And, like, everybody everybody obliged. So then she walks down. She's like, all right, I'm going to walk down. And then they're like, all right, kill the lights. So they kill the lights. And then it was like, you heard, like, the do 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 And then as I was coming on, like, a, a lone, a lone uh, lamp comes on. And they start playing the song. And it's like, this is so eerie, but it's so fucking cool. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, that sounds like a perfect show for you. Uh, so, like, I, I can understand that. that. That sounds like a concert that I would love to experience. It sounds different and fun. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of interesting. Uh, yeah, no, I can totally understand this that. Is, this is also the same band that will bring on a court of Jameson every show. And they will all, and then everybody like, here, you in the front row. Have, here, have a shot. Like, everybody, like, everybody sort of, it's a very communal sort of, sort of sense. Um I was close to being in the front row for a show, but whenever it was funny because it was me, me, my wife, uh, my brother, and it was and a friend and a and a friend of his that that had went and they had went to the they had went to the bathroom and they're like they're like all right we're we're gonna go like they came back and they're like all right we're gonna go now and come back and then by the time we got back like the place was like the place was place was packed i couldn't really couldn't really get back to our to our spot because we we're pretty close so they're like all right cool we'll go we'll go to the back with them we're like but then we saw we saw their saw their presence and it's like these guys know what to do what to do with a crowd and it's really interesting how they how they play play off of that crowd because you have like their their bigger hits like uh summer dress and paper girl and how they can get it get a crowd going but then like i mentioned earlier with um with irash and well how they can how they can calm a crowd down and really have them, um, really have them appreciate the appreciate the performance and the musicianship that that, that they have in their shows. No, absolutely. Uh, that that sounds like nothing I've ever experienced. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, all right. So, what's your favorite soundtrack? So, I have I have been on this hill before, and I will die. I will probably die on this hill. Uh, Tarzan is one of the greatest soundtracks ever ever produced. I know. Phil Collins has been uh, divisive among uh, amongst amongst comedians generally. You either love him or hate him, but for this soundtrack in particular, I love how um, they really encapture the atmosphere without like without really having to see see the movie. And it's those subtle things that they that, that they add to each song, which I which I which I really which I really enjoy. Um, you also have one of the sad, one of the saddest songs, a song that I could even that I I could have arguably put in for what song that makes you the most sad, which would be uh, "You'll Be in My Heart." Try singing that song to somebody somebody you love and not and not tearing up. I've tried twice and I get to about the first chorus and I will start tearing up and it's like God fucking damn it, song. Why are you so sappy and beautiful? Get back in there, tear. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, I I think the problem, I think the reason why everyone gives you crap for it is not that you have it it's where you have it you yeah. always have it at like number one of all the disney soundtracks and that's why i tried to i tried to avoid disney soundtracks with this because i have controversial opinions about disney soundtracks but they're all like my top 10 my i think my top six could be a six-way tie for the best for my favorite soundtrack between beauty and the beast lion king aladdin moana like i love all of those soundtracks so dearly tangled like there's like all those soundtracks are so good and i hold them so dearly that it's like I didn't I didn't want to have to pick from Disney, uh, and I went somewhere different. But I can t I understand your connection to Tarzan. Um, I I like the soundtrack. I don't know if I'd put it in my top ten Disney. If I did, it'd be in the bottom three, um, because as a soundtrack, it's a lot of good songs that 
somewhat help the film, but I don't think they all really. I think the only song that enhances the film is "You'll Be in My Heart," and that's the only uh, song that enhances that movie. Uh, two Worlds, One Family. I think I think this one. I think this one is interesting. It takes. I, think I that, like I think, it. I think that song in, in particular, the way the way that the uh, the song the song flows. Um, because they do some really interesting stuff in. Oh no, sorry, that's strangers like me. Um, two worlds, one family, kind of kind a little of, overplayed in the in the movie. In my oh opinion. yeah, it is. A, it is. A, I would I would agree that it, that it is a, it is a little overplayed. But they do they do do they do do some interest interesting stuff where they they essentially they change from major major to minor throughout the song. Um, but yeah, I think Strangers Like Me is really interesting. I know a lot of people are like think Son of Man is the best is the best song from that. From I that don't album. hate. I don't hate Son of Man. My problem with Son of Man and like it's good, but Son of Man is very generic. And like I remember, I was I was re-listening to the album to give it like a full review because if you if anybody remembers the old Family League days, uh, Chris Clark used to have a show called Suddenly Soundtracks. And uh, it, the photo, the photo was the photo was in the community somewhere. It's definitely grabbable. There was a point in time where myself, Cody Newberry, Chris Clark, and John Fucking Roca were going to talk about the Tarzan soundtrack and how awesome it is. And I remember listening to that soundtrack for a review, and I got to Strangers Like Me, and I was like, I could fucking play this song. Like we could play this song in our church choir, and I think that's why I was like, it's just so generic, and it's not really doing anything else like the like the earlier tracks previously does. Um, I know Trash and uh, Trash in the camp, whatever. I, I, yeah, I, trash in the camp. Yeah, trash in the camp. I know a lot of people give that song slack because it's kind of garbage and it's done by Rosie O'Donnell. But I was like, but I was like, I understand what you're saying, but I also, I also like how it's like it's sort of a sort of a refresher, and you sort of need it. You sort of need it so that the so that when you do the, uh, the do the reprises of those other songs, they have a little bit more weight. But. Um, but yeah, I I I think Star I think I think Tarzan is is often overlooked. I I can understand that. Um, I think my favorite versions of this come from a guy on YouTube named Jonathan Young. Uh, he does a lot of really great covers of Disney songs and does them in like rock sort of different styles of rock. Uh, like he does Hellfire as like a Metallica song, and it's like kind of perfect. But like in Tarzan nature, he does Son of Man, does Strangers Like Me, and he does them. Less Phil Collins, more Weezer, uh, and they're really fun. I think those versions are better. But like, I I, I can see why you love Tarzan. Uh, I just as when it comes to soundtracks, the soundtrack has to enhance the film in some way for me, and I don't think Tarzan does as a collective piece enhance the film. Yeah. Some individual pieces do, but I don't. I don't yes, think yeah, and I think I think that's my thing. Like, like and. I often talk about this when I was whenever I was first joining the community, and that like I'm a trivia fan first and a movie fan second, so I don't really I don't need that attachment as much in terms of how much a soundtrack really enhances enhances a movie. I can appreciate a soundtrack um, on its on its own, which I think is a I think I don't think I don't think it's necessarily the, the correct way, but I think there are multiple ways to interpret to interpret a soundtrack. I think right. it's, just, it's, it's a it's a touch different, um, but yeah. That's fair. All right. What local indie artist or band uh, should people listen to more? So I wanted to use this aspect. I wanted to use this question to really showcase um, 
my neck of the woods in terms in terms of music and like 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 you've already you like you 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 knew it from the time I answered the question. I'm I'm a very folk rock very folk rock person, but I think I think this this artist in particular is more is more folk is more folky and what and I love and there's so many things about him that I that I enjoy. Um, gone far gone far too soon. He died in a time of play crash in, in the late in the late eighties. Um, and that would be Stan Rogers. Um, Stan Rogers is, is a person is a person uh, from again from Nova from Nova Scotia, uh, but is a but is a person that I was inter- introduced to at a very young age. Um, Forty five years, probably his best song was one of the first songs I remember actually I ever remember hearing, and it's one that I play um, all the time, whether it's just at home or, or or at a show. And I just love how I love his I love his vocal qualities. How he has a very like. It's a very broad and very bold, like like a very. It's a very. It's a be, It's the best bass. It's the best bass out of a, out of a guy that I've heard in a long time, with the exception of like what's his name from Pentatonics, because like I've heard how low he can get, and that is like ooh, that's really kind of like that's really kind of powerful. Um, but just how he is able to take either a slow paced song or like a fast paced song like you look at like Mary Ellen Carter like that's like that's a song that could easily that could easily be a mess if not handled properly but he is able to steady the ship I guess would be and have that at a, at a nice controlled controlled pace tell a great story but still have that East Coast vibe which I think which 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 ultimately going back to the question which I think a lot of a lot more people need to listen to because I mentioned this name even to like Canadians like Sandy and Sandy and Sean and they're like who it's like you haven't listened to Stan Rogers. It's like, God damn it, you gotta you gotta listen, you gotta listen to more East Coast stuff. Because I would I would put him I would put him and Great Big C of like the greatest acts to come out of the Atlantic. Uh yeah. Uh you are very folk rock centric. So uh when you gave this answer, I was like, all right, we'll check it out. Uh I think what I've learned is we have different tastes in folk rock. Uh you're very more traditional and I'm more uh experimental folk rock. So, like, I really like the Decemberists, which is a very story-driven folk rock band that incorporates, like, sea shanties and stuff. Uh, and I'm very much into, uh, like, um, like I mean, Mumford & Sons is the mainstream answer to that, but, like, uh, I like their Babble album a lot. Um, and Father John Misty, uh, another modern uh, folk a rocker that I enjoy. But, uh, yeah, I think Stan Rogers is very much in your alley. We listened to a couple of his songs last night, and I like it. I like the sound. I totally understand it. Uh, but yeah, um, and now we move into the last question on this list, which is, what's your favorite one hit wonder? So one of the, uh, one of the, one of the branches, I guess, of music that I, that I haven't really got a chance to talk about is it's, and it's a genre that I've been sort of getting into a little bit more throughout the last few years. And that would be like, I wouldn't call it necessarily like a, like pure funk, but it would be like disco techno-y sort of sort of funk like um sort of get back to it Pompa moose is really is, is re- really good at doing this uh daft punk is what i'd say is probably the probably the best in terms of that aspect but there was a song that came out i believe it was in 2006 um by a uh by a uk female artist uh by estelle um and it's and it features kanye west um uh, it is uh, american boy and it is like it is and the way that I describe it is, it is one of the best like roller rollerblade disco songs. Um, and I think even the music video itself, I think is I think it's her in the middle, and I think they have rollerblades in the in I think rollerblading like in the video in the video itself. But it has that 
and as that beat that sort of that sort of drive drives it along and her vocal qualities are really well Kanye has a really good um I wouldn't quite call it rapping but I wouldn't quite call it call it singing um it's 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 rapping but there's more of a there's more of a cadence to it and there's more of a there's more of a dynamicness I guess in terms of just getting up the words in the in in the in his usual style uh but it's 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 that's a it's such a bopper uh absolutely uh listen to this one and it it almost reminds me of summer a little bit yeah. uh uh just like the the fun sort of boardwalky kind of vibe of of going somewhere in the summer and just enjoy like you took the rollerblading out of my mouth but like like going and just hanging out with your friends in the summer it totally fits i like it a lot um i enjoy it uh good pick yeah, there's so many like there's so many moving there's so many moving gears to, to this machine. I know it's a, it's a, like I said, it's a thing that I talk about a lot. But you have like you have her, um, you have her like soprano vocals. I wouldn't call them super soprano, but they would be like in the, on the lower side, even a, even a high alto. Um, you have that, and then you have the synth, which is um, which is sort of like the, the middle the middle aspect. It has some bassy tones, but it's very middling. But then you have that bass line, which is probably my favorite part of it, where it's um, it's not it's not overly complicated. Uh, it's it's a tr- it's a traditional it's a more of a traditional funk funk bass groove, but it's so it's like spot on. It's perfect. There's not really a, not really a flaw a flaw in that line. And when you combine all those three. It fills out a, it fills out the song, which is what I which is what I love so much because there's be sometimes where song where songs feel empty, um, and this one doesn't do that. And I kind of wish I've, I I wish I wish Estelle had a longer career because if this is where she starts, I would love to have seen where she where she would grow if she had more hits. Absolutely, but yeah, that's jam session. We've, we've reached the end of our questions. That's jam session. Uh, this episode went by much faster than the last one. That's probably because my long-winded conversations weren't really in it. Uh, but this, was, this was a lot of fun. Brooklyn Vale, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the real BK10, the number, not the word. You can also find me on Letterboxd, Brookie, uh, Brookie B10, where I'm starting to do a little more movie reviews. Um, the thing I forgot to plug last time, uh, go join us at the New British Empire uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, they... Um, Tony has been really sort of helming the social media aspect of that. Uh, they've been doing NBA Live, uh, which has been which has become really interesting. Uh, Schmo Center, which is sort of like an analytical breakdown of of showdown matches and just showdown showdown news in general. So go check that out. But also check out check out Multiplex uh, in in general. There's so much good content that Caleb is going to talk about. Uh, absolutely, and as. Uh, as the sort of guest toast, uh, I already plugged where you can find me personally on the last episode. You can find uh, us over at Multiplex Entertainment. This podcast feed is part of the Multiplex Entertainment Network. Uh, we are a podcast-only show, but we have a YouTube channel where most of our, where most of our focus is driven into video-driven content. We do movie trivia. We have Movie Warzone, which is our general Movie Warzone, uh, Movie General Teams and Singles Competition, Fandom Fight, which I run with Tim Bracalo, which is our expanded in our Geekdom League. If you like Disney, you like Pixar, you like Marvel, you like DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, that's all there, uh, where you can play in a more uh, condensed, geeky sort of set uh, league. T- uh, TM Smith runs TV Throwdown. If TV's your bag, uh, you can go play there. We have a new show, uh, Trivia Wise, that we'll be debuting 
soon. I don't want to make that announcement yet, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe when this comes out, that will already be there. But join the Facebook group. Get involved. Uh, Multiplex Entertainment on Facebook. That's how you get in touch with all of us and get into matches and all that stuff. We also have other shows. Uh, Your List Sucks. You can get that on podcast feed. That's also on the video form on the channel, airing live every Wednesday. Multiplex Loves Movies, which is Tim Bercala's movie news show. It's your center to figure out everything going on in the world of movies. That is on Tuesdays. And uh, 19 and Counting is a podcast that me, Caleb Bowman, and Cameron Holtzman um, are doing here real soon, uh, uh, which is just kind of pop culture talk with three fetuses, uh, <laughs> just talking about life, veggie tales, <laughs> and everything. Just to steal from the, we talk about movies, veggie tales, and everything in between is basically what our podcast is. Uh, so that's what we've got. That's everything for Multiplex Entertainment. Uh, also, Nerdgasm and Dance Off are two debate shows uh, if you are interested in watching people argue until veins pop in their necks. But uh, go subscribe to Multiplex Entertainment on, Net- uh, on Netflix, on YouTube. Uh, if we had what, it on what, Netflix, what kind, of, what, kind of, what kind of deals are you, pull, are you pulling here? We're going to be on, well, uh, we're gonna be on Amazon Prime here. We're going to be on Disney+. Plus. Uh, fun fact, we've been purchased by Disney. We are we for five billion dollars. Yeah, no, they bought us with a half-eaten PB and J sandwich and half a million dollars. Uh, but I take, I take, I take that. I, I take, take I take half a million dollars on a PB and J. Uh, but that's gonna that's gonna do it for jam session. Tune in next time for another episode where I am not here talking too much and Brooklyn will be back in the hosting chair. But thank you so much for being here, Brooklyn. Thank you for having me as a host, and we will see you guys. With the next episode, uh, drive on safe. Drive safely. Drive on safe. Die. Drive safely. <laughs>